0: Call in at 303-690-3000. Let's join Calvary Live right now.
2: Hey, good afternoon, everyone. Welcome to today's broadcast. So glad that you joined us. I know yesterday, July 4th, was a tremendous day of celebration as we celebrate our freedoms in this country, reminding us of our freedoms in the Lord Jesus Christ. And as a holiday, we didn't have a live program airing on July 4th. But now that it's July 5th, this is live. So give me a call 303-690-3000. 303-690-3000 is the number. You can text me at 720-336-0897. This is a live broadcast. Now, of course, a live broadcast is live throughout Grace FM radio network. But if you're listening on Hope FM or Truth FM, You are actually hearing this broadcast one week delayed, but as you're listening and calling in, you're going to be talking live uh, to the host. So give me a call, 303-690-3000. Let me just jump right out of the gate with something we're hosting in just a couple weeks. It's called the Expositors Collective, the Expositors Collective, and it is an intentional training seminar for young preachers from 18 to 34, uh, it exists to equip and encourage the next generation of Christ-centered preachers, and it's going to serve as a launching pad for a larger vision of creating a network of pastors, leaders, and those that aspire to this calling of teaching the Bible. It's open to men and women, because women also teach the Bible, in men and women to 18 to 34, and we're going to be a host of it. It's called the Expositors Collective. And at Calvary Aurora here, where we are hosting it, and it is July 20th and the 21st. If you want more information, go to expositorscollective.com. Men like David Guzik, Brian Broderson will be here. Mike Neglia from Ireland. Eric Cartier is coming up from the Springs. Nick Cady, one of the organizers. Pete Nelson, who is a pastor here in Longmont and also in New Mexico, Uh, in Albuquerque for a while. He'll be up here. Uh, Char Broderson will be here. Brian Broderson will be here. Uh, Nate Morris. Fernando Ortiz is coming. Craig Babcock. Our friend Daniel Bentley. Uh, Sean Stone. Clay Rorell. Riley Taylor. And on the list goes uh, to equip and uh, encourage you. So go to expositorscollective.com. Appreciate my buddy. A shout out to... uh, Pastor Nathan Lorick, who oversees the Colorado Southern Baptists, as uh, he cooperated with us and sent a shout-out today on his social media. So thanks, Nathan. Appreciate all that God's doing through the North American Mission Board of the Baptists, uh, Southern Baptists, and, of course, what you guys are doing here in Colorado. Um, So wonderfully, um, just grateful of so many church planning uh, ministries, Calvary's Baptists, Nazarenes, Assemblies of God— the body of Christ is amazing, and of course, you guys that aren't in Colorado, I'm sorry. Uh, you can fly in. It's, we're very close to the airport. The airport's on the east side of town. Uh, our church is south of the airport, so uh, you can come in, as many people are. All these pastors are investing their own resources uh, into training, uh, and so love to have you come out. 303 690 is where we are on the show today, 303 Six nine zero three thousand taking your calls, uh, taking your questions. All the lines are open, and so are the text lines. Let me see. Uh, let me go back on our text lines, make sure I'm logged in. Yep, that's all empty. There's a zero email in your inbox, uh, so give me a call. 303-690-3000, 720 uh, 897 We decided not to cancel service yesterday. I just felt like a need to be open uh, for anybody that's not going to go out to see fireworks and not going out. And I was pleasantly surprised. Personally, a couple hundred people came out to worship, study the Bible. We went through our normal, regular uh, service. We had communion together. We prayed together. We uh, sang together, uh, just with Pastor Ian and Pastor Jason leading us in uh, acoustic worship, which was great and and we studied in Second Kings chapter eleven as so we're going verse by verse through Second Kings, and and just studying the life of yesterday was Athaliah, um, this wicked, evil woman that took the uh, throne, uh, usurped the throne for six years before Joash was presented as king, and you know that it, it's true that men. Can be wicked and evil, and it's also true that women can be wicked and evil it's in sin is an equal opportunity uh, but like Jezebel before, and now this daughter of ahab uh, man, just a wicked woman, a murderess and um so discouraging and how 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 must have people felt while they waited six years uh for God to move I mean they didn't know it was gonna be six years. Uh, They didn't know how long they were going to, you know, can you imagine after one day, after two days, after three months, after six months, after a year, you know, they're just enduring the pain like you and I do when we wait. Uh, And so if you, if that's a topic, waiting on the Lord is a topic that um, can can really minister to you, then go to our website, calvaryaurora.org. All of our studies are archived there. Also our free app. Uh, we've got an app for the church and also an app for Grace FM. If you just go to your, your app store, whatever it might be, and put in the words Calvary Aurora, A-U-R-O-R-A, uh, just put in those two words with a space in between them, and you will get our free apps, and you can be connected with us. Take Grace FM, take Calvary Aurora with you on the road, 303 Let's go right to Greeley, Colorado. On line one is David. David, welcome to the program.
3: Hi, how are you doing, Pastor Ed?
2: I'm good. How are you?
3: I'm doing well. Uh, just calling in today to give a, a small testimony. I called back in April about an atheist co-worker of mine, and he and I had a genuine discussion back then, and I called in to you and asked kind of how I could proceed, what sort of books... I can read to to reason with him because he's he's an engineering coworker and so uh-huh. very very uh, analytical, very uh, logical thinker. And yes. so you gave me some good recommendations and just the testimony, the the grace of God is that here recently he invited myself and my wife over for dinner with he and his wife and played games. It was it was a great evening, just building that relationship. <laughs> I wanted just to call and give you an update. Uh, That's fantastic. More prayer for it, just man. Just I pray that God keeps working in it.
2: You know, I would even suggest too in this next phase of of uh, of ministering to them and befriending them and and enjoying them as just human beings. You know that uh, the fact that he's analytical and intelligent and super smart is actually a very good thing because. God is very analytical, intelligent and super smart and I know that over time your friend can come to appreciate the enormity of God's wisdom and and I it, and when you said that it just sparked a thought in my mind I I remember um I remember Lee Strobel's testimony you know he was a journalist and and as a journalist you know wanting the facts going after the truth and and you know I'm not going to do n- nothing but the facts. And even having more of a liberal type of slant in his life, um, not so much politically, but just life, life weight. And and as he took to heart these challenges of the resurrection, um, that that's what that's where the book Case for Christ comes from. And and now you know he's one of the most uh, strongest proponents for the Christian faith. Um, when he was so far away, so you might want to get a couple copies. Get one for you, and then get one for your friend at the right time.
3: Mm.
2: I will. and it, it will really help because he deals with you know, and that's that. God has enough uh, enough intellectuals, like you know, Norm Geisler, and I don't know, if, I don't know who he co wrote it with, but when he he wrote the book, uh, I don't have enough faith to be an atheist, and mm-hmm. in a very respectful way. Just really dealing with the worldview of the atheist or Ravi Zacharias, uh you know just again super super smart, or we're having Ken Ham come out um at the end of August, and just a genius he 's just a walking genius, and just like your friend it, it his issues are actually not intellectual at all uh they 're personal and emotional, and if we can get our if we can get an open channel for the Holy Spirit to touch those moral things in his life. And you're doing a great job, man. You're being the kind of friend that God wants you to be. It's awesome.
3: Thank you. Thank
2: you. Let's pray for him. Yeah, please. Father, we're grateful for this friendship that has developed uh, between David and his coworker, um, just, just as you would want it to be. Uh, we aren't the ones that convert. We're not the ones that save a person. Uh, we are just tools, you know, uh, to have this lifestyle evangelism, to really care for someone for who they are and not to see someone as, a, a, as a, a project and to work on them, but to genuinely care for them and love them as a platform for the expression of the love of God is just amazing. So be with my brother David. Encourage him and strengthen him. And I pray for the salvation of his friend, um, especially um, in his analytical intelligence. Lord, just how smart he is and how you made the brain to be so stinking smart. Um, you you gave him that brain, and and there isn't, there isn't a question that could be asked that won't be answered, and there isn't a challenge that wouldn't be raised that you couldn't match. And so I just pray for, for this brother, this brother David and his friend and his family, that through these game nights and dinners and barbecues and such, that defenses will come down and that you'll have your way in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. All right, my brother. Thanks, Pastor Ed. You're welcome. Bye-bye. 303-690-3000. We're going to go on to line number two is Larry calling from Aurora, Colorado. Larry, welcome to the program.
1: Hi, Pastor Ed. Thanks for taking the call.
2: You're welcome. What's up?
1: I just wanted to give a praise report. I've uh, had a cousin of mine who was uh, diagnosed about three months ago with stage 4 non-Hodgkin's lymphoma cancer. And um, this cousin had a, a kidney transplant uh, some 15 years ago, so there were a lot of complications with uh, the chemo. And he's a very uh, faithful servant of the Lord. So we've been lifting him up at prayer there at church and uh, with other believers as well, fellow coworkers. And um, he just got the PET scan results uh Tuesday morning, day before yesterday, and praise God, he's cancer-free. So
2: Oh, that's great.
1: just wanted to um just just give a, a prayer of thanks and um yes. and just pass that on. Yes, and, let's uh, pray.
2: Let's pray because I know a lot of people are waiting for results and um and 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 some received a different different results, so I know this it can be an encouragement that God can remind us that he is still healing today and still using doctors and medicine and supernaturally touching lives. So, uh, Father, I know that uh, hearing a cancer diagnosis is so scary and so hard, and and yet when the tests come back and uh, the, they come back clean, we're just so encouraged. And I pray for Larry's friend, God, and we rejoice. The Bible says you tell us, God, to rejoice with those who rejoice, and so I do. I rejoice with those that are rejoicing. And I also, God, pray for those that, that aren't rejoicing, um, like my friend Steve with the diagnosis he, he received and his family and and my friend uh, in another state that's waiting to get back the results from his PET scan and his full-body scan. And and I, I can just think of my buddy in, a, in a yet another state whose wife's going in for a biopsy. And on and on, those listening in, God, that we rejoice with those who rejoice and we also cry out in hope for the weakness of our own bodies and the things that are going on throughout um, throughout so many lives. And let Larry's friend be a, gre- a great testimony and reminder of your faithfulness and how you are sovereign, even over sickness, in Jesus' name. Amen.
1: Thanks. Thanks, Pastor Ed. Um, You're welcome. I wonder if welcome. I could ask for a quick that. question. It's kind of a segue. Great. Um, I was sharing this news with um, with a fellow coworker and we were just discussing the power of prayer, and yes. you know, even even had the result not been what we were all praying and hoping for, um, just how powerful it is. And they they kind of posed a question to me about um, while we need to be patient once we lift up a prayer to God and to the Lord uh, on His response. This particular coworker said, "I've had instances where I think I've waited too long for that response," and. Um, I had a hard time trying to, to answer that um, on when we, we know we've received a, a possible answer to prayer. I don't know if that makes any sense whatsoever.
2: Well, it does. You know, let's address what your friend was describing, or at least the, what it sounds like he's describing, and, and I would say that it certainly feels like we've waited too long. I mean, that was the topic of our Bible study. I mean, how long is too long? To accomplish the will of God, um, His answers come yeah. perfectly in His perfect timing. And what what's happening with prayer is not that we're controlling God, but that we're aligning ourselves with the will of God. You know that's why yeah. when we pray according to His will, He answers. You know, and, and and if His answer is against what we were praying, then what happens? We um, we align ourselves with the circumstances, trusting that God knows more than we do. And so what. You know, I don't know that we, it's possible to say biblically that we've waited too long because God is giving us, uh, he's growing us as we wait on him and his mandate to us in prayer is to keep seeking, keep asking, and keep knocking. Or like he says in, uh, like Jesus taught us in Luke 18, men ought always to pray and not lose heart. Uh, but I can definitely speak to and relate very practically to the human side of prayer when, you know, I, I waited too long, I just, or I gave up too early, or I hate waiting. Um, I wish God, would. God doesn't listen to me. He doesn't hear me. I mean, that was the cry of the psalmist. Uh, he felt like God didn't hear him. But uh, like anything, as strong as our feelings are, they don't always tell us the truth. And I just don't think you can wait too long um, for the answer of God. Um, some things have a definite closure to them, you know. In this particular case of praying for this man's healing, he's cancer-free. Um, but we know, you know, as well as I do, that cancer can return at any time. Right. And and in some studies that says that we all have cancer cells in our bodies that that are waiting to mutate. And some most people don't experience it, that, but some do. So I think I think if your if your friend is describing the feelings that he's having, those are normal feelings, um, but that I would say, to a to a, a in a discussion like that, I would say, well, how long is too long to wait? Because God wants us to wait on Him, you know. And one thing that waiting does for us too is our prayer lives usually start with God, give me something or do something. But as He as He waits to answer our prayers, they change into God. I just want You. I want to trust You. I want to live for You. And and sometimes through the waiting process. What we, we wanted something, but we actually learned that what we need is someone.
1: Oh, I like that.
2: <laughs> so that's how I that's talk great. to your friend. I mean, oh. if 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 the brother was argu- if it was an argumentative thing, then then I would. I, whenever people are trying to argue with me, I always try to put it back on them. But if it was just a genuine, you know, I felt like I've then then I'd start talking along those along those lines.
1: Sure. Okay. That's a big help. I appreciate it.
2: No problem. Thanks for
1: calling. All right. Thank you. Bye-bye.
2: All right. Bye-bye. 303-690-3000. We've got a couple of open lines. Uh, we're going to go right to Dominic. Dominic on uh, line three. Welcome to the program.
4: Hi, Pastor Ed. Thank you for taking my call. You're welcome. Um, uh, I just, uh, I, I was listening to you talk about the Expositors Collective and uh, just about, like, uh, the Lord's been... Uh, kind of weighing it on my heart recently to pray for our nation, just uh, how far we've come or how far we've fallen really since, uh, since the founding of our country. So I just really wanted to pray for our nation. And I wanted to pray for the expositors collective and uh, all those that the Lord has called into um, teaching.
2: All right. Do you want to pray and then I'll end it?
4: Yeah, absolutely. Thank Go you. For it. Um Holy Father, we just uh we thank you for uh for this ministry, this radio ministry, um and the ability to to gather together over the radio, over the airwaves and just uh pray with each other. Um we wanna lift our country up to you right now and um just pray that uh a revival would take place in people's hearts. Um mm. that uh your Holy Spirit would light a fire in us that uh that cannot be extinguished and that uh, you would lead us into uh, that spiritual prosperity in which you have made us for. And we pray for all of the uh, the young pastors and teachers that you have uh, uh, waiting for yourself, and just uh, mm-hmm. that you have not yet brought up to the pulpit, but uh, that you will. So yes. we pray that you would bless them abundantly uh, with wisdom and with discernment, and uh, that you would, uh, you would lead them, and that we know that you would set them on the path of righteousness and the straight and narrow. So we pray that you would just give them the strength to endure, and that um, you would bring them into that uh, place to where they do have the wisdom to teach your Word, and that they would yes. rely solely on you and your mm-hmm. Spirit.
2: Yes, Lord, and we pray for your outpouring of your Holy Spirit, God, on our nation, um, we know that you use uh, the leaders of countries to bring up your people back to yourself and to bring people to the end of themselves. And, and our heart's desire is to see uh, our country and any country, for that matter, to to have a heart turned towards you and turned back to you. And And so I agree with my brother, God. And, and I also pray for this Expositors Collective. I'm, I'm excited to to see it firsthand. Uh, heard a great a lot of great things about it when they uh, when they did it in California, Lord, and now bringing it here to Colorado uh, to make it more affordable and helpful for people in this Midwest area. I just pray that it would be very fruitful. You'd be with Pastor Nick and the leaders that oversee it and uh, have a vision for equipping a new generation to teach the Bible verse by verse and to handle it in such a way that would honor you. Uh, and, and even just in our own city, God, with the pastors that are already pastoring, already overseeing churches, already uh, serving our community, I pray that you would instill and inspire them to teach the Bible, not just from the Bible, but to teach through the Bible, that that the power of the gospel is in the Word of God, not in our words and our illustrations and and our cultural music and movies and all the crazy things that seem to um, be passed off as sermons today, God. I pray that you would inspire more and more pastors to go through the Bible, in Jesus' name. Amen.
4: Amen. Thank you, Pastor Ed. All right, God bless you, man. uh, I I actually just wanted to add one more thing uh, for the previous caller. Um, The brother who's waiting for for prayer to be answered, Um, it just made me think of Abraham and how the Lord said that you would, make a great nation from him, but he never actually got to see that. Um, he just, you know, he knew that through Isaac it was going to happen, but he never actually got to physically see it. So yes, I think sometimes, you know, we don't ever actually see it. So sometimes it's just, you know, uh, living in faith that the Lord will fulfill it, no matter if we're alive or with him.
2: Yeah, I think that that's also illustrated really well in the Hall of Faith in Hebrews, uh, where all, all those guys died uh, in hope and waiting uh, and it was after they died that they saw the Lord and they in, embraced their Messiah. It's really good. Right. Thanks.
4: Amen. Yeah. All right.
2: All right God bless you. Man. Bye-bye. 303-690-3000. You guys on the East Coast, give us a call. I was just out in Howell, New Jersey, teaching at Cornerstone Calvary Chapel. I was at Bridge Fest. I got to meet quite a few people, like the listeners that are from the Bronx and from Brooklyn. Uh, what an honor, man! I was so blessed. I love, I love what God's doing around the country. Um, you know, you got to understand that I am partial to the Calvary Chapel family of churches. It's where I was saved. It's where I was discipled. Where I now get to pastor myself in a Calvary Fellowship, and and it's my family. Just like you'd be partial to your family, I'm partial to my family. However, I'm also I'm so appreciative of the body of Christ. Uh, and much larger than our little family, or what some people are calling now our little tribe, uh, much bigger than any petty disagreements and divisions and things that are unnecessary for the furtherance of the gospel. They actually go against the gospel. And so I was so grateful to meet my brothers and sisters on the East Coast. You know, you East Coasters have a different way of seeing the, the seeing the world. Um, you you have a much more bold approach, is what I've seen. Like you, you say it like you mean it, and uh, you know if if this resonates with you, give me a call. I'd love to talk to you about. It. I love the personality. I mean, there's just a strong personality, and of course, with this outreach that was primarily Calvary Chapel, uh, but not exclusively, but primarily Calvary Chapel. Like, th- there's there's just a a sweetness about your boldness, um, if you understand what I mean. Like, I just love people that say it like it is. I, I um, if if there was. If if I had a list of pet peeves, one of them it would be high on the list is are those that choose to be passive aggressive, especially with me, I I cannot stand passive aggressiveness. It's such a cowardly way of dealing with people and dealing with situations. Uh, and social media has made it uh, so much easier to be passive aggressive. Um, you know, I see people post things, and especially when they post something about me, and I'm like that dude has my phone number. Why doesn't he just call me? Uh, but instead you want to be passive aggressive and you know, you, you don't really want to solve anything, you just want to kind of seem important and you've got some critical thing to say, and um and you the east coasters, you know, <laughs> even if you had something hard to say, you at least you're gonna say it to your face. I love that. Um, I love that about the culture on the East Coast. We had such a great time at Bridgecrest there in Ocean Grove. And then I went over to Howell, New Jersey with my friend Chris and Mike McCarrick and taught at the Calvary Chapel there. And despite the reports, uh, to the contrary, Calvary Chapel and the movement uh, and the family, the big, big family of churches are doing great and wonderful and taking their cities for the gospel and doing great and wonderful things uh, for the kingdom of God. Uh, and it's a, it's a good thing to be a part of a family that's moving forward, moving forward strongly. you know, I think I'm going to, um, I'm just going to go ahead and write out the first half here, Steve, you'll be next when we come back on the second half of the program, Uh, Steve from Longmont, then Steve from Thornton, so Longmont, Steve first, then Thornton, Steve will be next, and, you know, because we don't have enough time, if I took you, we'd just go to break so quickly, so, um, but don't hang up. Just stay online. We have like a two-minute break coming up in about one minute. So just hang on there, and I'll take you next with one open line, 303 690 My name is Ed Taylor. I'm the pastor at Calvary and Aurora. Looking at it, uh, this July, this month, we've been in Colorado 19 years. I moved here with my job, and I started work, uh, I think, the second week of July. i um, so grateful for, for that. And the church... Uh, The birthday of our church is in December, so in December we'll be 19 years old. We're just a kid. Our church is so young and so exciting, so filled with changes and opportunities and still growing and thriving and sending people out. This seems to be the year of sending people out. I'm so excited, not only to see people move out and strengthen other churches and, and strengthen other places in the country and other church plants, but also... For what God is going to do is he brings new people and we get to start it all over again. Seeing people won for Jesus Christ, discipled in Jesus Christ, and then sent out for Jesus Christ. I love it, love it, love it. Even though it does make things harder, but when things are harder, we depend on the Lord and not our own strength. So God wins all the way around. So we're coming up on our first break. uh, And I'm going to talk about that before when we come back. I want to talk about how it feels maybe in your church when you see key people leave and how you got to encourage them to do what God's called them to do. We'll be right back. This is Calvary Live.
0: Welcome back to Calvary Live. Give us a call at 303-690-3000 or text us at 720-336-0897. Let's join Calvary Live right now.
2: Welcome back, everyone. You heard the numbers. Got an open line, 303-690-3000, 720-336-0897. Text me. We may or may not be able to get to your text questions, but you guys here in Grace FM, uh, in our in our break right now, you just heard my friend Sammy Tanago share about loving uh, our neighbors, and his heart specifically is to our Muslim neighbors. He has a, a website, uh, and I missed it. Uh, what was the website? Was it uh, Glad News? Uh, because that's the name of his book. I should have had that. Can you guys text me or email me the name of his website? Uh, but I was just with Sammy at a conference last week. I was teaching at a conference uh, right after New Jersey. We flew to California, and I was teaching a workshop at a conference and I was with Sammy. Sammy, is, as you could hear from his spot, he's a fiery guy. Not like in a bad way, like not a threatening way, but he's fiery, man. He is excited about what God's doing in his life and his calling to reach the Muslims, and God uses him in wonderful ways. The website is gladnewsformuslims.org, gladnewsformuslims.org, and he is right. I know you guys on the East Coast didn't hear that spot because it was on our the break on our side, but Oh, that was the wrong. He got the wrong, um, wrong website. Hold on a minute. Let me get it right. They're fixing it for me. Um, it's gladnewsministry.com, gladnewsministry.com, and he's got a book out. and he, And he's a fiery guy. And if you're a pastor and you want to equip your church along the lines of reaching Muslims, Sammy's the guy to bring out. Uh, he would be a good guy for a midweek Bible study or a seminar or class or. Uh, great great guy, good friend, and I love him, love what he's doing uh, another another wonderful brother and I was in California actually teaching at a uh, pastors and leaders conference at Calvary Chapel in Costa Mesa, where Pastor Chuck Smith uh, was the pastor and they invited me to do a workshop on suffering in the ministry, suffering in the ministry and I was you know I was hoping. These days, I was hoping that—and I actually voiced this just to let you know how things work. And I'll get you guys Steve's, don't hang up. I'll get to you in a minute, but I just wanted to finish this thought because that might minister to someone. But um, I, 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 I'm bummed. Well, I, I, well, let me be careful here. I'm grateful to teach on the topic of suffering in ministry or teach on the topic of suffering or teach on the topic of encouraging you and your—I am grateful— um, but you know, it's not one of those things I ask for. Um, uh, it's not one of those things that that I'd I'd I I don't want I I I probably put it this way I'd rather not. But that's not really true. Like I will go wherever I'm invited, and I have and I'm invited, and I my schedule permits, and I'll teach on suffering because like Pastor Greg Laurie taught us, uh, and I know he's not the first one to say it, but he's the one this voice I hear um, that as long as you preach to the hurting, you'll never lack an audience. And you know, I didn't expect. Uh, my son to die five years ago, or uh, you know, for the to be separated from my grandson, or any of that. I didn't expect that, um, but it's part of my life, and so uh, I've embraced the healing of of the Lord. And it hasn't always been easy. And so by sharing my testimony and my ongoing testimony, it's been very powerful in people's lives. You know how you how you deal with pain and loss, how you deal with cru- the cruelty of others, uh, how you deal with the cruelty of people that say they're Christians. And yet they act so contrary to the heart of Jesus. How you deal when pastors have wronged you, uh, where you've entrusted your decisions to a pastor and they've severely wronged you and and don't admit it. Um, you know, on and on, the list can go. And so I am grateful, uh, and it seems to be a tremendous amount of fruit. So I wanted to share this, and I'll get to you, Steve. But I was kind of, I was just, um, I said it in the workshop. I said, you know, I'd rather be invited to teach on leadership development and 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 training leaders and and raising up pastors and, and you know because when you go to a conference who in the world wants to go to a workshop on suffering like if you're already suffering you don't want to you're getting to a conference just to have a couple days away you know but there were a lot of people that showed up I was pleasantly encouraged and made a lot of new friends I love it love 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 what God's doing but I you know I love my my wheelhouse is developing leaders and pouring into them and that kind of stuff I love doing that so all that to say is. Uh, when I got home and I started checking my email, there was an email uh, in my inbox that said, Hey, Pastor Ed, I remember meeting you years ago. Um, I just took over this church, and I want to invite you to come out and encourage our leaders. <laughs> and I have to laugh at it thinking about it now because it was almost like the Lord was saying, You know Ed, I'm going to use you however I want to use you. And... And I even heard your little murmuring or your little statement. I don't think I was murmuring as much as just stating the reality because I don't think anybody wants to suffer just to, to build that bridge. And it's almost like the Lord was saying, you know what, I'm going to use you wherever I want to use you to do whatever I want you to do. And what could you answer but say, yes, Lord, I'll go wherever you want me to go, and I'll do whatever you want me to do. And whatever topic you want to flow through me, you're the teacher, I'm not. You're the one that leads and guides, I'm not. God, you're the one that comforts and encourages. And and so you just got to love God. And so that that invitation actually fit with my schedule. And so now I get to go out later this year and meet a whole new group of people in a whole different state in a different church and encourage them in leadership. And so what a privilege. 303-690-3000. With all that being said, Longmont Steve is next. So Steve, welcome to the program.
1: Thank you for taking my call. You're welcome. I uh trust in the Lord right now and need some uh encouragement and some prayer for you to okay. do that for me. All right. I um found out this morning that a uh, two different families, but one of my grandchildren spoke mm. to another grandchild that's from a different family and said many years ago that I uh misappropriately touched his brother. And oh, no. that's that's totally incorrect. It's not no truth to it at all. But now yes. I've got an 11-year-old granddaughter who's thinking, oh, I thought that was a pretty good grandpa I had, but she seems different to me now because a 17-year-old, you know, is an authority figure there. And I'm just, pretty, you know, stressed about how to you know, recover from that. Well, let's pray. Thank you. Let's
2: pray. God, we do pray for this um, this very difficult situation that the truth would come out. And sometimes in these these times, it it doesn't seem um, like the truth will ever come out. It doesn't seem like, um, it seems unfair with false accusations. And we just know that the enemy is the accuser of the brethren. And so we pray uh, as these things come to light and and, uh, people look into them and and investigate them and kind of go through the the details of, of... what was said and what was done and all of that, what wasn't done, that you would uh, bring to light the truth. Uh, nothing is hidden that won't be revealed, your word says. And that's what I pray in my brother's life. Would you encourage him to receive such disturbing news um, that, that you would encourage him and strengthen him as he walks through this path? I can't help but think of a brother in our church that we walked through this with uh, just a few years ago. And the, the allegations were absolutely false. And he went through that whole process, even stood before a judge, and was found to be not guilty um, and not true. And it was painful and it was hard. Um, But I just recall a couple weeks ago him reminding me of that whole testimony and how you used it in his life, even though it was very, very difficult to go through. So, God, I just pray for my brother. Would you establish the truth and bring to light absolute justice in Jesus' name? Amen.
1: Amen. Thank you, Pastor. Appreciate
2: it. Okay, bye-bye. Three oh three six nine zero three thousand is the number. And you know, just just so uh, you know, those listening in, um Colorado is a mandatory reporting state. And so with these kind of facts, you know, whenever these kind of facts or allegations come through, you always have to involve the authorities. And even if Colorado wasn't a mandatory reporting state. God is a mand- re- mandatory reporting God, and I don't know where this this uh, oath of privacy came through the Roman Catholic Church, but there's no privacy when someone's taken advantage of. There's no privacy when there's any hint of abuse, uh, physical or sexual or any other. Uh, and and so I always remind the guys and and the people that serve in our church that that. Um, as, un, as hard as it is, when allegations are raised, we must and we will involve the authorities. 303-690-3000 is the number. Now we're going to move to Thornton. Another Steve is on the line. Steve, welcome to the program.
0: Hey, thanks for having me. Hey, uh, first off, uh, praise God for the 19 years of uh, Grace Chapel.
2: Hey, we're very encouraged to be here serving the Lord.
0: Yep, And uh, you mentioned going to a conference. Well, I went to a conference a couple of weeks ago, and uh, we got to the end, the very end, and uh, the the couple that was hosting the conference uh, were saying that, you know, we want you guys to have a vision for your life. We want you to have a vision that God will bless, and we want you to write down your vision. And, uh, you know, I'm sitting there with my wife trying to write down, you know, what we think, you know, five the next five years would look like. And they kept bringing up uh you need to write down your financial goals uh because God wants to bless your financial goals. And okay. I kept getting an uneasy feeling that, you know, to me it was like, you know, just to name it and claim it. Uh Pastor Ed, what what what's what's your take on you know, uh praying for I'd say praying for financial success. I mean, we all want to be blessed, but, you know, something like that, does does that give you an uneasy feeling when somebody says, write down what you want in the next five years and pray for it?
2: It it does. It does seem a little, it does make me a little uneasy because, you know, I spent many years in the corporate world, and it sounds just like, the corporate mind um, the the corporate meetings that we had, where we would brainstorm and write down our vision and write down where we wanted things to go and you know and and so it's eerily close to how the world handles things um, because God may you know when you ask me you could ask me I, I pastor a a church that seems to be growing and and has been around for a while and you could ask me ed what's your five year goal? go ahead and ask me ed what's your
0: five year goal?
2: I have no idea. I just want to be faithful to the Lord. <laughs> we don't have anything written down uh, because we we don't know what God wants to do in five years. We don't even know if we'll be here in five years. Uh and so I... I think that there's there's a fine line of presumption, isn't there, of of the the need to trust in the Lord, but also it's not a sin to write down goals and it's not a sin. To anticipate, you know, the Bible speaks of saving for the future, investing for your grandkids, you know, it's not a sin to do those things, but the way that it sounds like it was you know, described to you, just like they're in a conference, like, I don't know, how do I know what my goal, I want to be a millionaire in five years, well, what if God wants me to have nothing?
0: Yeah, they they had a little video where they showed that, uh, you know, they had written this uh, their goals five years ago, and they were playing a video from the past where they had recorded it, and then they went on to say how they had, you know, met all of these different things, and it's like you know, I yeah,
2: I would um, I would be encouraged if I heard, yeah, I wanna I want God to bless me with a million dollars so I can give nine hundred and ninety nine thousand of it to the poor, um, but but usually these types of exercises are all very self-centered, based on covetousness, and only equating blessing with increase. So for example, let's say that you, let's say the person next to you uh, took that assignment that was sitting right next to you to your right uh, and took that assignment and wrote down, I hope that I'm in poverty serving the lepers around the world. I want God to bless that. Most likely, that doesn't line up with what the conference was trying. You know, the conference was saying, no, that God wants to enlarge. He wants to grow. you got to have more. And, you, and, and here's a brother that says, no, I, I want to serve the lepers, like Mother Teresa. I want to devote my life. I want to be penniless. Uh, everything I, I have, I want to give away. Um, and you could almost hear, no, 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 that's not God's will for your life. Well, who in the world are you to tell me what God's will for my life? Because Joseph was brought to, you know, many people. Paul said, "I know how to abound, and I know how to be abased. Um, I don't know what God wants, but I do, know, I do know this: whatever God wants from me, I want it, and and I want my vision. You know, um, I asked somebody recently to write down their vision um, for a ministry they they may oversee, and and what I was looking for was a God inspired vision. You know, and that's what I'm reading for. I'm reading." Um, you know, I, if I saw something like, well, I want to grow a ministry, so then I can have a name for myself, and, and like obviously, that's not from the Lord. Um, but when you say I want to bless these people and I want to help them grow in grace, and I think I want them to be closer to God, so it sounds like you were involved with, uh, you know, a group that was more along the lines of the false teaching of the prosperity gospel, and and I just reject that wholesale. Okay. and that's you
0: know, like I said, I had that. I had that feeling, and I was pretty uneasy, and I talked with my wife about it, and she felt the same way, And but I just wanted to kind of get your take on it.
2: Yeah, and I, I don't want to throw the baby out with the bathwater, you know? I don't want to... I don't want to... It is good to think ahead, and it's good to pray, and it's good to set some financial goals. I mean, those none of those things are sinful, but they can be so easily manipulated and twisted to become sin... And, and it just, you know, if I was asking you today to hang, to, to write out your vision, I would ask you, what is God, what has God told you and shown you? I wouldn't say, Hey, write down what you want and ask God to bless it. That's just crazy. That's, that's so backwards. Jesus said, if anybody wants to follow him, what we have to deny ourselves. That's the right way to approach that. And it just sounds like they got it backwards.
0: All righty. Thank you, Pastor Ed.
2: You're welcome, God bless you. Yeah. Bye-bye. 303 is the number? Uh, what do we have here? Uh, Dustin calling from Colorado. Dustin, welcome to the program.:
5: Yeah, Hi, Pastor Ed. How are you? Good. How are you?: I'm doing good. Um, All right. what's up?: Oh, I had a so I had a uh, question. Um, okay. My question. Uh my question is, so I went to a Bible study the other yes. night with uh, some friends that I've been doing Bible study with this year. And uh, so there was discuss. we've been reading Judges, Book of Judges. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and we've been reading about Gideon and yes. uh, how um, Gideon asked for a sign from the Lord. Yes. And uh, so um, the question got brought up from one of the people there, and he said, uh, does God still do signs and wonders today? Yes. And uh, it was basically something, it was, does God still do signs today? And um, a verse got bring up of Mark 16, like verses 9 through 20. Yes. And so the question was, um, is Mark chapter 16. The the debate was whether Mark chapter 16 was whether um, uh, Mark, or if that was still part of modern Christian doctrine, and one person yes. said that it wasn't. But yes. I I mean, I told him I disagreed because uh, Mark, yeah. Right. I, so I believe, so
0: yeah. there's a couple so things. I was wondering what so you're
5: what you thought about that, if Mark chapter sixteen verses nine through twenty, if they 're basically the Signs and wonders verse, yes. which I think is verse nine
2: so let, let's talk about this from a from each angle first of all, the English translations that we have today primarily come from two different sets of ancient manuscripts um, the The King James and the New King James rely heavily on a manuscript set called the Textus Receptus, and the Textus Receptus has these um, have these verses in them.
5: Yes, I, I've heard that.
2: So the second set of manuscript, the Westcott-Hort set of manuscripts, of which you know Bibles like the New American Standard, the ESV, uh, and the NIV, the, some of the newer translations they hold to the they use the Westcott-Hort New American Standard. I think I mentioned, and and in that set of manuscripts, it's not in there. So we obviously have a debate, and what happens is people debate over this, and let's just say that I believe they should be in there, but let's just say they don't belong in the Bible. Okay, let's just say, let's just take them out of Mark. Does that change anything of the gospel? No. And does it change anything about what it says? So let's think about it critically for a second. Um, Even if this piece of text doesn't belong in the the Bible, let, I, I do believe it does, but let's just say it doesn't for argument's sake. Is what it says contradict anything else in the Bible? Yes or no?
5: N- no, it doesn't actually.
2: It doesn't. Um, so yeah. tongues are mentioned in Acts chapter 2, baptisms are mentioned in Acts chapter 2, supernatural protection of God's messengers in Acts chapter 28. Everything that, everything that's, that Mark writes and everything that's in Mark is taught somewhere else in the scriptures. It's taught from the life of Jesus. It's taught in the book of Acts. And it's also taught in the epistles. And so when we find something that's taught by Jesus and we find it taught again in the book of Acts and we find it in the epistles, um, some type of correction or clarification on it, then we accept it as true, uh, as normative doctrine. So tongues still exist today. Uh, Water baptism is still happening today. And God's protection on you know because remember that passage of scripture in Mark talks about how you could take up deadly snakes and you won't die. Um,
5: yeah, <laughs> didn't that
2: happen to Paul in Acts chapter twenty-eight?
5: Yeah, yeah, I, it I, did. I, I, yes, I I agree with I completely agree because um yeah I just I I believe that's all part of, me personally I believe it's all part of the right. gospel. Right,
2: like, well, and that's that's why as we're answering these questions, it's more than just a yes or no because we want to help people think much broader than well that just doesn't belong in the Bible so we reject tongues really so what do we do with the book of acts what do we do with 1 Corinthians um what do we do with the modern exercise of speaking in tongues today um you know what do we do about water baptism and and so you know in the debate uh, it seems like some of the most important things in the Bible become debatable argumentative issues um but I just happen I understand the critical text view of this and I get their arguments, but I think it belongs.
5: Yeah, I I when I, I went on to Got Questions um yesterday and they I was gonna call yesterday, but they were they didn't have any uh yes. they, you guys weren't online yesterday. And right. on got on got questions, there's many manuscripts that have this verse. Yes. And and I mean anybody can they can go online and research that and many of the original like church writers like quoted these verses like yes. you know 2000 you know 1800 years ago or so or like it, it, there were some I mean that's yeah
2: that, that's where that's where when we're in these discussions we we just have to help people think a little broader um we have to help them handle the bible by use you know and teach them how to use it and say, okay, are you suggesting that, that, let's just say you're right, and these verses don't belong in Mark. Are you suggesting that these things are no longer available to us today? Because that's a bad argument. Um, the totality of Scripture teaches otherwise. And so even if, these, even if, even if we you know, weren't in there or we keep them in there, everything that's mentioned in that, those last 11 verses are still uh, throughout the rest of Scripture. But I, I think that they should be there. But even if they don't, the truths are contained other places, and they obviously are there. Yes, yeah. Um,
5: well, yeah, um, Yeah. that's uh, pretty much all I had. I'm sure I could probably talk more about that. <laughs>
2: but, it's a great—I mean, I think it's a great discussion to have. I think it's great for for this dialogue to come up in that kind of forum to say, I mean— the, the argument about gifts and not and whether the gifts exist today or not really doesn't even hinge on mark 16 it hinges in first corinthians uh, when paul says when that which is perfect is come that which is imperfect will be done away with um, but the problem with using that particular verse which is really the only one that would imply that tongues and things uh, are not available today is what is that which is perfect and if you some people conclude that that's that that which is perfect is referring to the Bible, but but it can't possibly refer to the Bible um, because the context really indicates that it refers to the coming of Jesus Christ. And on top of that, when it says that tongues will be done away, then it would also says that knowledge will be done away. And I haven't come to a place yet where knowledge is done away yet. Um, and so mm-hmm. because of that, to, to, and so what you're learning to do as you're answering questions with your friends is you're learning to help them process the text by its context, and and sometimes people make it so simple. Well, it doesn't belong in there, so these things don't exist. But but really, if it doesn't belong in there, let's set, let's settle that first, and then let's just agree with you. And I like to do that with people. Okay, I just agree with what you say, but even with what you say, your conclusion's wrong. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> and that helps to get. That's where I I want people to get thinking. I want them to think. God wants us to think, and and so you know instead of just coming back at them, your conclusion's wrong. You're wrong. It belongs in the Bible. No, let's walk down a path together, and and I'll just give you your argument. I'll give you half of your argument, and just say, okay, you're completely right, but your conclusion's wrong. Now what? Now what will you do? And let's start really allowing. The Bible to speak for itself because God is still working today. He is still supernaturally working through his spirit. He's not writing new Bible. You know, that's another thing. Like if God gives a word of wisdom or a word of knowledge, sometimes that's interpreted like he's writing the scriptures. He's not inspiring the Bible anymore. It's done, but he is leading his children. He does appear to us in dreams and visions, Uh, He does send messages through people. He does give words of wisdom, words of knowledge. He does heal today. Uh, He does speak. He does allow the speaking in tongues and with the interpretation. I mean, God is dynamic, and He wants (laughs) us to walk in that dynamic
5: power. Yes. Yeah. That and yeah. That that's why I bring that up as well because. Um I, I, just, I just felt like if everybody left, uh, you know, if you left a Bible study, would you wanna, you'd want to be more encouraged in your faith and in, in the truth, you know? And,
2: I agree. I agree. And that's, yeah. that's one of the reasons why we're putting on or, or at least we're hosting this Expositors con- Conference to teach young people how to handle the Bible. Because the better you understand how to handle the Bible, uh, the more you'll be able to um, answer just like this and say, well, wait a minute. Here's what the word means. Here's the text. Here's the context. And and then, of course, for those that have a gifting to teach, then learning how to communicate it in a way where people can receive it. So good job, buddy. Keep it up, Dustin.
5: Yeah, yeah. Nice talking with you again. And God bless you, yeah. man. Yeah, Bye-bye. you have a good day.
2: Thanks. Hey, thanks for joining me this afternoon. Uh, time went by super fast again and uh, great questions. Uh, thank you guys for... For texting in. Again, yesterday we talked about uh, in our Bible study last night, uh, on the 4th of July we had a Bible study, uh, and we had fireworks up on the screen, and they put the lights up, so we had red, white, and blue lights. I mean, we had a little fun with it, uh, but we had a lot of fun as we studied the Word together. Uh, But we talked about waiting on the Lord. Uh, we, We talked about the importance of trusting God, even though it seems difficult um, I also taught on suffering in ministry. I don't know if they're going to post that message. I looked today and it wasn't posted. But if it does get posted, I'll be sure to ask uh, the guys here to repost it on our app. Uh, but I did do a series, if you're struggling, I did do a series that's prominent on our app and on our website on the topic of help for the hurting heart or something along those lines. I always forget what, um, what the title is exactly. And would you please pray for us? We want to develop these studies into a book so that you can give it as a gift to encourage someone and uh, so just pray for us I know the Lord has it all in his hands um, but, but i really like to get it into book form uh, with an editor uh, to put it together for us so pray for us the Lord's going to do it no doubt about it come out to church this weekend we're back in the book of Hebrews uh, studying together um, shout out to all you guys in New Jersey Philadelphia, Pennsylvania, Maryland you guys on Tennessee, North Carolina, Kentucky. Love you guys. Appreciate ministry, doing ministry together.
0: You've been listening to Calvary Live. Tune in next time for prayer and God's Word.